everyone, and welcome back to Take This TV, the television book club podcast, where each week we watch an episode or two of your favorite shows, our favorite shows, and we talk to you about them, our friends in the fandom. I'm Carmen Askernese. I'm joined, as always, by the one and only Aaron Fusco. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Sometimes you beep it on the intro, you just got to keep going. I admire that. You really, you saw the mistake, you went back, you corrected it, you kept on trucking. Keep it moving. So uh, this season we're talking about Arcane. This is episode three of our show. We're talking about episode five and six of that Arcane. Right. Yeah. If you came here today and you're like, what? What's happening? What is go Arcane? Back. Go back. Yeah. Go back and watch <laughs> Arcane episode one through five. Watch our other two episodes. And then also watch episode six and then <laughs> come here. <laughs> watch episodes one through five just in a row. Then take a bathroom break, get a drink and a snack, watch episode six, and then come back and then listen to episodes one and two of the podcast. And then you can listen to this one. Or just listen to this one. You know, it's up to you. It's your life. It's all the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Aaron, you want to hit us with those episode recaps? Right off the bat, yeah, no witty banter here. We'll just jump right in from our favorite recaps from our favorite Netflix recap writers. Episode 5, Rogue Enforcer Caitlin tours the Undercity to track down Silco. Jace puts a target on his back by trying to root out Piltover corruption. Yeah, dummy. Mm-hmm. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Dumb, dumb, dummy. And then episode six, that was me. That was my editorializing. Don't blame the Netflix writers for that one. And then episode six, an eager protege undermines his mentor on the council as magical tech rapidly evolves. With authorities in pursuit, Jinx must face her past. Both of those things, I guess, happen. Those do happen. The The first part of episode six, I was like, who? And then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, who? Jace. <laughs> yeah. I Jace. was like an eager protege undermines what? Yeah, dumb idiot Jace. Dumb, dumb I'm baby I'm so, so excited about the Bad Decision Olympics for this episode. <laughs> Here's my hot take. Watching it back again, everyone makes bad decisions, but like I just get why they do. And if the world was in such a bad place, like sometimes their heart's in the right place, but they're just dumb, dumb idiots. That's what makes it so good. Like, I don't like Jace, but, like, I can see why he does the things he does. Okay, so is Jace a himbo? Because he's, like, I no. feel like he's a... No? Oh, I don't know. I guess kind of, but you would have to find him hot. First, you'd have to find him hot. Second of Not all... <laughs> I don't think she does. No, we okay, can, so... We can talk about this. Yes, I was like... So, you know, we, we saw this before. We're rewatching. And I was like, I can't remember what episode they hook up. Right, because you love Vanilla Chocolate Swirl? Are you going to do I your do dance? I do love Vanilla Chocolate Swirl. Are you going to do your swirl? dance for me? <laughs> I'm not because I actually don't like this chocolate mm. Vanilla Swirl. And it's because, so it's not a secret that we don't like Jace. But I felt a little bad for him because <laughs> re-watching it, I'm like, she's so methodical. She knows, she like brushes their hands. She like locks fingers with him when she kisses him. I'm like, she's working him, man. Yes. She's- <laughs> the whole time. That's what I actually wrote down here. I was like, do you think, any, like, 
does anyone feel anything for Jason Mill? Because, like, I literally feel nothing for them. When they were, like, making out and whatever, I was like, I don't care in any way about this and their relationship. Oh, they were whatever and all right. Well, yeah. but, the, <laughs> but the thing is, like, the first time I watched it, I thought, I was like, oh, they're together. That's sweet. They care about each other. But rewatching it, I was like, no, like, she's playing the game. But I, I thought it was interesting that she stays to cuddle after and then he leaves and she's upset that he left. But I guess it makes sense that she stayed to cuddle because she's putting on airs that she likes him. And so she's like, she's not going to leave because then that kind of ruins her ruse that she has going on. Yeah. And like, I think as we finish out the season two, I think my thoughts on it sort of will and do evolve. But for right now, it is very clear that like, she slept with him for manipulation purposes because he's like the little lap dog that she's training, right? And anything she can do, because she was outmaneuvered in the last episodes that we watched a little bit by his loyalty to Heimerdinger, right? Because she was like, release your tech. Who cares what Heimerdinger says? Like, show it off. And he chose to honor Heimerdinger. And then she was upset because she was like, I don't have full influence over him. And so I think this was just like her next manipulation tactic is she's like I realize now he might need a little bit more work because he is a dumb dumb dummy but you can really see it also in episode six where he like comes back and is like oh my god I'm, I'm sorry I left and she's like no I get it duty calls and then she sits next to him and he just like puts his head in her lap and she's like, like what child. is <laughs> happening yeah like her whole body language, which is like animation A+, plus, but her whole body language is like, what are you doing? Like, why did this work too well? <laughs> yeah, I love that those like little moments that tell you so much about their relationship. I mean, and, you know, like I said, I said before that I feel bad for Jace, but like it's, it's just a little bit, like an inty-wincy mm. bit, because I really don't like him. And I also feel like. Mel is the best villain of the show, I feel like. And I, I love I to I love I would to hate say, her. Is she a villain? Would you say she's a villain? Okay, let me elaborate. So I feel like she's playing the game and she's winning. But I only call her a villain in regards to the Undercity and the... It's Piltover is what they call the like main city, right? Yeah. Right now, they're both Piltover, but yes. Yeah, but like in relation to the like, Piltover and the Undercity's relationship and how... She's been, and she comes from like a powerful family too. So it's like. Yes, but not from Piltover. Yes, not from Piltover. But but still, I, I mean that like villain in the sense of our protagonist comes from the Undercity and like the struggle between the haves and haves nots is like a big part of the show. And so in that regard of her having power and just kind of playing the game to her own motives and objectives, I, to me, makes her the villain. It, so, to me, it makes her a politician. So, like, we don't it's know... the same thing. <laughs> I guess. But I think Heimerdinger is also on the council, and I don't think he's a villain. I think he's also misguided, but I don't think he's a villain. Yeah. Like, I don't necessarily think she's a villain. I just think that, like, she is manipulating people for her own goals. And we don't fully know what those goals are to keep the have-nots having not and keep her having but like we haven't really seen that from her right all, all she explains is that she's like well we have a way of doing things you have to grease the right palms you have to keep money exchanging hands in the city but i don't know that we've seen her be like and that all helps me fund my artillery project where i'm gonna like take over the city for 
Yeah, but I think that her being indifferent about the Undercity is worse than if she was maliciously trying to destroy them or hurt them because it makes it it makes it seem like they're insignificant of like she doesn't even care <laughs> indifference is worse than actively working i don't know yes about that. indifference is way worse <laughs> i don't know but, uh, to me i, I think indifference. but it, it, anyway all that to say i think mel is is such a such a great and interesting character because she's so complicated um, yes yeah but i feel nothing for her and jace that scene where she and jace are at the Opera, I think it is, or play. He's playing violin. Yes. So uh, like an orchestral concert. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was so great just like seeing her teaching him how the like power structure works <laughs> and like how you have to spend it to make it. You, you have to uh, make moves palms. to each one. I also thought that was a great foreshadowing of Heimerdinger's fall because you kind of see all of these deals happening yeah. in those booths and, and he's just watching the show. And it just, like, makes you see, like, how blind he is to what's really happening. Whether that's by choice or just by being naive. But it's a really, I love that sequence. It's so great. So well done. Yeah. Ugh. It's just upsetting. You know what I mean? It's just, I just, oh, it's just so annoying. <laughs> Tell me more. Elaborate. No, I mean, I just think that. Jace is just such a dummy, I guess. These are the episodes where I'm like, he immediately gets counselor power. He sees all the corruption immediately. And then he uses his power to just like absolutely grind politics to a halt, right? Everyone is like, what just happened? He messes up Marcus's plans. Marcus, who's been cooking the books and like stamping on everything. He messes up all of the counselor's plans because I don't like Jace, but I understand like, He's trying to do the right thing, but he's such a dumb, dumb, dummy that he does put a target on his back immediately by being like, I'm the politician who's going to do good for the city. And then when Mel yells at him and it's like, you're doing a bad job. He's like, I didn't want this. You gave me this power and I'm just trying to do the right thing. And she's like, yes, but the right thing is listening to what I say. Pat, pat, little puppy. <laughs> Have some wine. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I will say, as much as I love that sequence, I feel like he just, he shifts really quickly. And at first I was like, what is the catalyst for him just being like, oh, okay, Mel. But then on the rewatch, I was like, well, it's because he like legitimately cares about Mel. And he's like having feelings for her. And he's like, well, this person wouldn't lead me astray. Because he confides in her when Victor gets sick and he's like, I didn't know where else to go. Yeah. And so she, I mean, cause she's kind of like his only friend besides Victor. So yeah. Cause Caitlin's missing using his name and her enforcer outfit when she's not an enforcer anymore to break Vi <laughs> out of prison. <laughs> yes. I, I, I also feel like Caitlin is just like completely unhinged <laughs> of like, there's this criminal who's in isolation or whatever for fighting. I don't know anything about this person. <laughs> and I'm just going to take them out of jail and risk getting caught for doing something illegal after getting fired. Because I know a friend, I have a friend who's a counselor now. <laughs> like just wildly off the rails, like all in. Yeah, immediately. <laughs> also, Caitlin, like, in the end, like, the right thing to do. That's the thing with Bad Decision Olympics is, like, this was ultimately maybe the right thing to do because Vi did not deserve to be in prison. We know as the audience that she is more or less a good person. 
if not changed by her time in prison. But Caitlin doesn't. And Caitlin is like, I'm going to straight up break every single law right now and potentially get Jace kicked off the council in his first day. Like I'm trading on his name day one (laughs) to chase this lead. But she's like, she's right. Marcus is corrupt. I mean, she has no way of knowing that. Marcus is corrupt. Her boss is corrupt. So the enforcers are corrupt. The system that like kept Vi in there, which again was Marcus, who we can talk about later, did do maybe one good thing by not murdering her. Told Silco she was dead. Yeah. <laughs> and then also like Caitlin's realizing that like everything is a problem right now. Like, yeah. Oh, I never I mean, considered the Undercity. I just thought I was like doing my girl detective bit. <laughs> Caitlin is very much the like rich girl learning about the rest of the world in these two episodes. Because <laughs> when she's talking to the prison guard, she's like, how many times have we had the talks with her? And he's like, I don't know. I haven't kept count. And she's like, oh my gosh, you know. Yeah, he's like, do you want me to go beat up a prisoner? And she's like, no, why would you beat up a prisoner? He's like, because that's what we do for fun. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> he's like, what? Do you not? Like, what? <laughs> but Caitlin's like, she is the sort of moral compass, I feel like, out of all the characters. Like, she's been the one who's like, I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to, like, figure this this mystery out. Find out who's, like, sort of doing all, behind all this. Also not subtle, though. <laughs> no, not even a little bit. I love the sequence of, like, once Vi finally gets out, after her little parkour sequence, just, like, standing in the rafters, like, looking down at the Undercity. So amazing. She came home. That's a homecoming. Yeah. Also, the scene where she, she finally gets to street level and the guy's trying to rob her and she robs him. She steals like, his jacket. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then wears it. So, like, good good job for how she got her clothes. <laughs> it's like, this is mine now. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think about sort of Vi and, oh gosh, I forget the person's name. Savika? Savika, yeah. Vi and Savika, they're kind of rematch that they had. I mean, it's not really a rematch in that there was not really an original match, I guess, when she was a child. Oh, yeah, because, like, Silco told Silco her. Silco didn't let her fight. Yeah. It's like, is Savika just chill with beating her up now that she's not a child? It's That's the thing. is, I mean, I guess she was fine with beating her up when she was a kid. So, like, whatever. Yeah, like, these people are all the way evil, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's not hard for me to believe because I'm sure that, like, you know, it's been six or seven years and people are, some people are just more callous I guess than I would be but like she was like Vander's friend worked with Vander's crew like watched Vi grow up and then immediately switched sides and then feels no remorse for beating her up like oh like now as an adult I mean it's been like a long time though it's it's been been like six or seven years but no even when she switched sides she was like eager to go beat up a kid and I was like Savika you literally were hanging out with Vander two days ago (laughs) like why are you all of a sudden now like I'll go punch her don't worry about it. I always read that as like there's some off-screen backstory between her relationship with Vander and Silco. Maybe because I'm maybe. like maybe maybe her and Silco maybe they all used to run together when Silco was like part of the crew or whatever. Maybe and so then she doesn't feel as bad switching sides. Maybe, but I guess it's cool that we get to see the robot arm because we saw her lose it in the last couple episodes. And then it looks like they've really refined Shimmer, because it looks like her arm is powered by the Shimmer. Oh my gosh, yeah, like, this is... <laughs> Shimmer, like, I... It's so funny when I watch some of these things, because I, 
I was rewatching and I was like, wait, Shimmer is drugs? <laughs> first time. Carmen, I worry you didn't time. watch it the first time. What did you think Shimmer was? I don't know. I, I'm all, okay, I knew it was like some kind of steroid, but I didn't think it was like heroin. What do you, what do you <laughs> think a steroid is? Well, I know steroids are drugs, but okay, I'm just saying. But this okay. is like this is like heroin. Like it's not like a steroid. It's it's more than that. It's more. I hardcore. think you can also abuse steroids. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. But I I, I got the impression this time around this is more like heroin, it's, and that's how Silco is like. It is a magical making. drug. I have concerns. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the point I'm making is the first time we see Shimmer. Silco uses it to turn a rat into a monster that eats a cat. And you were like, that's a normal steroid that people take no, through mean, their it's injuries. Like, it's like ma- magic BS, you know, okay, that they have fair, in, fair, in fair. shows and games. But but I was like, now I was like, oh, okay, this is like an allegory for drugs. Yeah, but like, it looks like Sabika's arm is powered by the shimmer. That it's like yeah. pumping into her. But she doesn't seem to have any of the side effects that the people in the like under-under city are having i wish i could remember the man's name but like the rat looking man the one with the glasses yeah that helps him yeah right like he has his name either (laughs) i don't know that we knew it he's the guy in the beginning that makes the bad deal in the bar and then vander steps in to protect him but then he is more than happy to take the shimmer from silco and try to attack Vi. that's why i was like oh it's just like heroin because because silco's like a drug dealer and that's why he he, uh has all the power in the undercity and so it seems like Savika has like small doses that she uses to power her arm and and like but it's addictive and so that's how people can end up like the folks that were like in the the pit or whatever it's called yeah in like the leper den yeah but anyway I thought that <laughs> another thing you know you probably be like I can't believe you didn't pick up on this but another thing I didn't pick up on was that Silco took over the bar and that was like his base of operations yeah which I mean, I was I was like, that's a real like video game comic booky thing to do, but <laughs> yeah, I think I made a note of it in like the last episodes, and we just never talked about it. But like, what a kick! What a kick while they're down that he just like straight up moved into their home, which it makes sense because when Vander was running it, like that was the in a way the seat of power of the Undercity. And because Vander was running things. So, like, that was sort of, like, the palace of the Undercity. But Silco has turned it into, like, the local... From the local bar into... He's got bouncers out front. He's, like, policing who's coming in and out. He's, like, living like a king. He has money to just, like, straight up hand out all the time. It's a gangster's paradise, mm-hmm. yeah. Because <laughs> he gives some to Marcus to keep him quiet. He, like give some or or demarcus to give to the families from a concerned citizen yeah <laughs> yeah of the enforcers that jinx blew up i love when savika is revealing to jinx that vi is back and it's like i don't care because i hate you <laughs> i thought that was such a great sequence well i mean like i just i thought it was great because i think that like you know we exist in a world where there's, there's lots and lots of stories like this and i think that this show does a good job of like we talked about the pacing before some kind of rivalry like that well, that would be like a four season thing and but then it was like okay let's wrap it up like <laughs> they have their confrontation she's like i hate you and, and then jinx does what she does to her so right but she's a liar yeah i just speaking of jinx unless you had more Savika talk you wanted to do no i just feel 
I feel bad for her, but also, like, she does straight-up murder people. She murdered the crow. There was a great metaphor while she's, like, she fixed the machine to try and, like, beat Vi's high score, but, like, can't. (laughs) What a a (laughs) beautiful storytelling device. But then she kept the flare. So, like, even though Silco goes through that whole ritual of, like, holding her underwater and being, like, we're going to kill Powder and you'll be reborn as Jinx officially, whatever. Like, she just still kept it. And then she used it and Vi shows up and it's so beautiful. And this is all I've ever... I just want... I want them to reconcile and I want, like... Like, they don't need to be enemies. They've just been... She... Ugh. Anyway. The first time I saw this, I was like... Like, like I said, you know, we, there's a lot of stories like this. And I was like, oh, she lit the flare, but like Vi's running from Silco, so they're not, she's not going to see it. And then she saw it, and I was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, but, but you know, now she has to run away. They're not going to reunite. And they reunited. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, well, Vi's going to say something stupid, and she's not going to actually tell Jinx what happened, and she's not going to express her feelings. And then she expressed her feelings and told the truth. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is revolutionary. <laughs> people aren't mad at each other because they can't communicate, you know? (laughs) No, the real problem is that it was just too much time and Jinx has been traumatized too much, right? And Powder has been, too much has happened. If she was in her right mind, if she hadn't gone a little bananas, I think that this scene would have worked, right? But she's had six or seven years where like, Silco has encouraged the worst of her, like, I don't want to say psychoses, but you know what I mean? Like, encouraged the worst of her, like, impulses and tendencies and rewarded her for them and, like, lied to her and, like, brainwashed her. And, like, that's hard. You can't just one hug from your sister as beautiful as it would be. It's not going to undo all of that conditioning. That's a long time and that's a lot of trauma. And we also saw that she was already being triggered by, like, trying to activate the... Hex crystal? Hex crystal, yeah. So she was already traumatized from that. Is it a hex core? Did I mix them up? Anyway, anyway. I think the hex core is the thing, the new thing that Victor gets. Ah, uh, fair, fair, fair. But it, in that scene, when they finally reunite, all I kept thinking was, like, why doesn't Vi just say... Like, I feel like earlier I was getting really excited because I was like, oh, they told the truth, they expressed their feelings, they communicated. But then when Caitlin shows up, I feel like Vi's, like, stumbling over her words. I'm like, just tell us she broke you out of jail, bro. You've been in jail for, like, a decade. <laughs> like, come on. Wait, but they're all kind of talking over each other. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, but this does confirm that freaking What's-His-Face just, <laughs> it took, like, knocked her out with the chloroform. Oh, the firelight? Yeah. Or no, no. Uh, oh, Marcus, uh, Marcus. Marcus, yeah. yeah just like Sorry, Vi gets knocked out several times in this show, so just checking. Which <laughs> she one? does, which <laughs> I'm not a big fan of that trope of just like knocking the protagonist out. So Vi gets thrown in jail for like seven years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, no, man, Marcus, why are you? He's so, he's the worst, dude. So from what we know right now is that Marcus, I guess in a way, thought he was saving Vi, like, He's like, listen, don't run back. Silco will kill you, which is probably true. And he, like, chloroforms her. Bad idea. And, like, doesn't know what to do with her. And so in his mind, he's like, well, I'm keeping her safe from Silco, who I told that she had died. And I'm just going to leave her in jail. Like, what was his long-term plan? She lives in jail forever. And he gets to go out and, like, 
He gets the promotions. He continues to work with Silco. He has a daughter. Yeah. Oh, he's the captain now. Yeah. So. The sheriff. Right. After his betrayal got Grayson murdered by Silco. He's the worst, dude. But even then, Arcane does a good job of, like, trying to humanize and, like, show the motivations. Because, like, I agree. Marcus is the worst. I don't think his daughter should be murdered because no, of it. I don't. I, I, I do think that it's... <laughs> I was like, is she adopted because <laughs> she has green eyes? <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess like, we I don't know what is. That- we don't know what her mom looked like, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess. You don't know how fantasy genetics work, okay? <laughs> fantasy genetics, yeah. Everybody everybody has green or silver eyes and gray hair, or white yeah. hair. <laughs> she's got red hair, which means she's going to be a protagonist when she grows up. <laughs> Just, like, buys pink hair. Oh, man. She's an but anime yeah. protagonist, so leave her alone. That scene when, when Marcus comes home and Silco's in his daughter's room, I was like, oh... And the first time I saw that, I was like, y'all are about to get murdered. Like, this is a wrap. Because not only did he show his face, like, he showed up in Piltover. And so I was like, oh, dude, you're done. You're cooked. You and right, your daughter. People know who he is, right? So Caitlin, when she was breaking Vi out, when she went to talk to Vi in the prison, she's like, why did you beat up this guy I wanted to talk to? And she's like, because he worked for Silco. And she's like, Silco, the industrialist? Like, he has made a name for himself in Piltover as well. What I think is money. is interested, yeah, blood money. What I think is interesting is he put on makeup to go see his the Marcus's daughter. Oh, he did. Yeah, because normally, you know, he's got his like craggy, scarred face, and then when he was in his house, his skin was flawless. Oh, I didn't even notice. Oh, so he has like a mask that he's wearing when he's in Piltover. I believe you, in a previous scene at one of his, like, the end of his conversation, he, like, sits in his chair and, like, touches something to write under his eye. And I was like, hmm, foundation. (laughs) It's doing a (laughs) cover-up. It's like, let me get my face on. Yeah. (laughs) I will say, like, that we get to see a bit of why Silco and Marcus were originally fighting together against Piltover by learning more about sort of the inner workings of the council and just kind of like the inner workings of power and built over. But, you know, like, like we talked about before, Silco was just like taking it to the extreme with all his, his little operation that he has running in the undercity. Selling drugs. Selling drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Being a drug dealer. Right. Cause he's shipping it into the upper city as well, because that's the shipments that Marcus is like sneaking past. Yeah, so, I mean, you know that there's probably, like, counselors and high society people that are just, like, having it at the party. And, and like and a snuff box full of shimmer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's talk a bit about everybody's favorite sick boy, Victor. My boy. So you learn about, is episode six, you got a little bit of backstory. So you got a little bit of backstory about Victor himself. So he's from the Undercity. And Jace, I believe, says, like, or somebody, I mean, it was a Jace, I don't know. Somebody says, like, growing up in the Undercity just, like, poisoned him. And, uh, he, oh, yeah, because Jace was like, that's what we wanted to fix. Is like, it, like, this shouldn't have happened. We should have been working to make everyone's lives better. Which you didn't, bud. You didn't work too hard on that. Right. <laughs> and you see that Victor's been sick a while. That he's always had, you know, when he was a boy, he had his cane as well. Or his crutch. And he's always been smart. And then... He manages to run into a spooky man in a cave and offer to take care of his dragon for a bit. Yeah, red flags. 
But then you also see where Shimmer comes from, because that's the spooky man that in episode one and two we see working with Silco. And also the creature that he's getting it from. Right, yeah, exactly. Rio, a beautiful, cute dragon who is now a spooky mutation creature. <laughs> a horrific monster, just like yeah. the rest of them. So we see Victor getting more and more desperate to save himself, especially as he's like losing Jace as a research partner as Jace is taking on more council stuff. I will say that moment where Victor and Jace were like in some kind of chamber and he's like, uh, Victor coughs up blood and passes out. Or no, I don't think he passes out, but he like kind of spaces out for a moment before he walks away. <laughs> and then freaking Jace is just like, oh, I guess something's wrong with Victor. I'm like, do you not see the blood on the rail, my guy? Like, <laughs> your friend is dying. Anybody coughing up blood like that? Like that's red flag. Go to the hospital right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tuberculosis, yeah. Yeah, if you don't think you should go to the hospital when you're coughing up blood, I don't know. That's the one thing I do know. You gotta go to the hospital. Immediately, yeah, right, like right the second. Sorry, if blood is coming out of any orifice it does not normally come out of, I just think you should just not, you should go to the hospital probably. Yes. <laughs> I felt like, to me, that moment, and like maybe this was unintentional, but to me, that Red is like, oh, Jace is like so distracted by the other stuff. He's not really paying attention to what's happening to Victor. Yeah, because so like for sure, Jace knows Victor is sick, but he definitely is not paying enough attention to notice he's dying, which is why he leaves Mel's bed immediately to rush to his science boy. And then I just made a funny note here. They just give out medical information to anyone. Victor wakes up and he's like, he's like, how long do I have? He asks Jace, how long do I have? Right? How much time do I have? Like, oh, I'm sorry. Jace showed up to the hospital and they were like, hi, we'd love to discuss your friend's medical, private medical data with you. And then (laughs) Victor goes and sits in the sewers or whatever, overlooking the lake, whatever he was sitting in. And Heimerdinger shows up and he's like, I heard that you're dying. (laughs) I'm like, Why? Why are people talking about this? So maybe maybe Victor has Jace listed as next of kin or something like that. Emergency contact, right? Maybe maybe he was like, hey, you can tell him maybe. That's a bit of a stretch. I feel like maybe Jace told Heimerdinger. Because yeah. it's like... Which is for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure that boy does not know when to keep his mouth shut. Absolutely. I just think it's funny that like his private medical information shared with Jace. Fine. Maybe he's got power of attorney if Victor is passed out. Whatever. I don't know how medical decisions make. But then Heimerdinger shows up and is like, I heard the news. You're dying. <laughs> I was like, you have this poor little Furby has no bedside manner. Like, right. <laughs> which ultimately I think is his undoing. Is that he, in not, I don't think in a malicious way, but he's sort of like above it all. He thinks like he knows best, which I don't doubt that he probably does when it comes to the magic stuff, since as we've seen, it appears to respond to blood. And that's not a good sign because, you know, Victor's desperate and you have seen Victor go back to the spooky man who is experimenting on a dragon. So we know Victor is ready to do something bad. And so I don't think Heimerdinger's wrong, but it's his inability to like bring himself down to the concerns of everyone else around him when they don't have centuries-long lifespans. And I think it's that lack of relatability, his bedside manner, that ultimately gets him ousted. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely felt like elves and like Lord of the Rings and stuff, where it's like they, they live so long that they have a hard time connected to the, the humans with shorter lifespans. And to your point of like the perfect segue, 
Jace finally betrays Heimerdinger and calls for him to be removed from the council. Like, oh man, that scene. You know, I will be the first to admit that I don't like Heimerdinger, but that was that was sad. I was like, oh man, the betrayal. You got to see it in his face when he's like, oh, you forget yourself, Jace. Like, how could you do this? And then I also love the moment we have where Jace turns to Mel for her support. And you can kind of see her like calculating things. And she's, she was caught off guard by Jace, by her puppet. And so to me, on the inside, and I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to be tracking this as the more episodes we watch. But I'm like, is that the moment where she starts to make irrational decisions because she has or like a suboptimal decisions because she's starting to have feelings for him. I definitely think that in these episodes, he definitely like her getting with him starts out as a manipulation as like he was not, you know, he wasn't as compliant as I wanted him to be. What else can I do to like increase that? Here we go. It was a calculation. But then I think she says it to one of the other council members where they're like, what a, like, what a surprise he is. And she's like, yes, like, even more. He's more impressive than I thought he was, right? Like, he actually is doing better than I thought. And then I think that moment when he makes a decision that she didn't plant in his head, I think that she starts to see him differently. But she agrees to go along with his plan. But you can see the mental math she's doing in that moment of, like, is supporting him in this, is getting... Heimerdinger off the council, the right move. And I don't know. We'll have to see. <laughs> we'll have to see. Oh, my gosh. Such a powerful, powerful moment. The episodes that we watched this week were so good. Before we run out of time, <laughs> I yeah. think we, we got to update our trackers here. So let's start off with a thirst tracker, because I feel like the Bad Decision Olympics is kind of the highlight for this show. So <laughs> <laughs> Jason Victor... Even though I know Jason Mel is a thing, I still ship Jason Victor because I feel like their love is pure. I feel like Victor loves Jace, and I think Jace doesn't realize it, and he's a dumb idiot. And Victor's too good for him, yeah. Yes. I mean, I'm, I am concerned about what Victor is willing to do in the name of science, but <laughs> yeah. He said he understands now. Uh-oh. <laughs> Not good. I Not understand good. why you needed to torture the cute dragon. I'm in. I'm with. I'm on board. <laughs> Gee, the guy with Victor, no. His face blown off. Yeah. Yeah. Victor, <laughs> bad. Bad Victor. I think Jason Victor because it's, it's just in our heads. I'm gonna say one out of five. Uh, but to me, that's a million out of five. Jason Mel. Negative a hundred. I feel nothing for them. I'm not thirsty <laughs> for this in any way, shape, or form. I also am not thirsty for Jason Mel, even though I love a swirl. So we're just we're gonna do let negative ten out of five. Okay, whatever. Caitlin and Vi. Oh my gosh, we thing. didn't even talk about that scene. We didn't. We didn't talk about the scene. Okay, say some words. Say some words that you want to oh say. Oh my gosh, you can see that I'm busting at the same time. Say something about it. Yo, I forgot how spicy that scene is. <laughs> when they're in the club together, and Caitlin says something along the lines of like, "I don't. What do I have to offer?" <laughs> and then Vi kind of looks her over. It's like you're hot and presses up against the wall. Woo! Mama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> He's sweating, guys. He's sweating. <laughs> I love Caitlin and Vi, and I definitely think that this one isn't in our heads, that there is something here. I think you also see it when Vi, like, on her way to go talk to the owner of the 
brothel, I guess, for lack of a better word, like grabs a random dude and like shoves him into like Caitlin's face. And then on her way out, you see that Caitlin is now talking to a woman and is much happier. Like, I think that there are clear indications that this one is not in our head. I do think that it's very quick. Like immediately Caitlin is like endeared with Vi and like wants to protect her and I think it, it it goes beyond that and Vi gives her a cute little nickname almost immediately and I do think that it is sort of a band of brothers thing like she's saving her life and they have to work together but bonded I, by trauma <laughs> right but I think that there there are immediate vibes and then of course she pushes her up against a wall and it's hot as hell but definitely and I mean we also see that Caitlin is just kind of a compassionate person and we see that when when they're in the the pit of despair if you will and she hugs the guy who helped her get the medicine provide yeah and it, it looked like that was the first time somebody showed him kindness and and probably since vander died so yeah and then he took shimmer and attacked her so you know <laughs> <laughs> well was he one of the ones who attacked him i guess he just I, take a hit i don't I feel like he just took a hit i guess i don't know but i I only I thought that there were three figures around Silco, and then there were three figures attacking. So I guess I would have to go back and rewatch that scene. Gotcha. I I thought that he snitched, and like and Silco was giving him a reward for snitching. Oh, also possible. I think that's might be true. Also. But anywho, Caitlin and Vi, a bajillion trillion. Yeah, we love this. <laughs> What's love not it. to like? We love it. You know us at this point. Obviously, we're on board. I hope that we don't bury our gaze. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I hope not either. We'll see what happens. There's still a few episodes left. So, Bad Decision Olympics. Last time, where we left off, Jinx was at the gold medal. Marcus had the silver. And then Jace and Victor were coming up with the bronze. And we had the honorary mentions of Silco and Mel. Where are we at? For episode five and six. I think we can go back and forth on this and sort of like place, sort of argue about where we think people are going to be placed. I think that, I don't think Jinx is gold anymore. I, I don't know in these two that she's done it. She's trying to like figure stuff out. I don't know that she's making active bad decisions. She is doing murder still, but like, <laughs> it's not really, that one's not on her a little bit. I mean, she is choosing to murder those people, but yes. I, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. I, so maybe she's bronze. <laughs> bronze, okay. Jinx is bronze. I would put Jace, maybe. I'm trying to think who would be gold. I don't know if you have any good contenders for gold. So we talked before about Silco just being, like, just evil. And so he doesn't count. There is a scene where he kills his right-hand person. Well, I, mean, I guess it's not like... It's not really a... Okay, here's the thing. Was it a bad decision? No, he's an honorary mention. Like he's making... He's actively making decisions that are furthering his own evil goals. Which are not bad decisions necessarily. I think that Jace, maybe Jace is, maybe Jace. What he did to Heimerdinger? Yeah. And also just like being stupid and like, (laughs) but like he's, he causes a lot of problems. He like, he helps things bubble to the surface, right? Because we also think, I think this is going to be like a future problem where he tells Marcus to close the bridge between Uh, Piltover and the Undercity. Completely forgot about that. Yeah. His security theater escalated to police state. Yeah. (laughs) And again, you can see why he got there, where Marcus is lying to him and saying that, like, the firelights coming from the Undercity are the ones bringing stuff in. And what are we going to do? Stop everyone and search everyone coming across the bridge? And Chase is like, fine. You're the one telling me that's who it is. And, like, 
Marcus is, is to blame for sure, but like I can see why Jace did it. Jace is causing problems by being an idiot. Bad decisions. Absolutely, yes. And it also shows us how like in over his head that he is. And willing, immediately willing to break his morals. Like, would he get himself, would he have gotten himself assassinated if he hadn't agreed to play Mel's game? Maybe. Maybe other people would have been working against him. Maybe someone would have stabbed him in the back very fast. We don't know. That's certainly what Mel seems to imply is going to happen. But he doesn't stick to his morals, so he's making bad decisions, he's being dumb, and he immediately gives in because the pretty girl looked at him. Like, Gold medal. Gold medal. Mel's hard to resist. So I would like to propose Mm -hmm. that Vi is either bronze or silver for picking a fight and exposing herself and Caitlyn to Silco. When? When she leaves from talking to the madam, goes to find... Uh, oh, to go fight Savika. Savika, yeah. I think bro- I would allow that to be a bronze situation. Bronze for buying. Yeah, I think that isn't maybe the smartest decision. I can see where she got there, but it is leading to bigger problems. I think maybe Victor agreeing to go work with a spooky man and, like, feeding a mystical hex cube that he doesn't know what to do, his blood. I think maybe... <laughs> Well, that one was an accident. I guess he didn't mean to feed it his blood. He did. And then he, he fed it a bunch. He did he, touch it after. Yeah. yeah. So I think Victor's a silver medal for me. Silver? We, <laughs> oh, yeah. He well, hasn't done anything yet. We so. haven't. I think he's made bad decisions. We have not seen the consequences of those yet. That's true. Okay. He's on his way to gold. He's, he's gold. certainly on his way to We all know that he's on his way to gold. I have a. Yeah, I, I never thought I would do this. You're putting Caitlin think, on there? Oh, no. (laughs) I think we should move Marcus from silver to bronze. Because I feel like he only started to manipulate Jace because Silco threatened his daughter. Which, I mean, mean, it's his fault. I still think Marcus is making bad decisions. But I think most of what we've seen in these two episodes are consequences for decisions he's already made. He hid Vi instead of, like, helping her get revenge against Silco. He agreed to keep working with Silco. Like, yeah, or, like, like, sending her to another city. Like, is this the only city in the world? Like, send her away. You're yeah, the, like, captain it's now. It's certainly got, like, not the only city, because we know at least that Mel came from somewhere else. But, yeah, I don't know. Right, like, send her somewhere else. So, so uh, Marcus moves from silver to bronze for uh, his ghost of his past coming back to haunt him. Heimerdinger gets a bronze as well. I think we gave him a lot of bronzes. I think Heimerdinger's lack of, I think his like lack of tact in dealing with all these situations causes a lot of problems. I think the way that he reacted to the hex cube, like he never explains himself. And I think that is a bad decision when dealing with these two idiot 20 somethings. Oh yeah. Cause he comes in and he's like, don't do this thing. Although I think Jace is 30 now. I think they might be 30, but I think he like never, he never explains like, he's like, shut it down, destroy it. And I won't say any more on the subject and whether or not that's, we don't have time in a 40 minute episode to talk about it or Heimerdinger is bad at tact. At least that's what we see as the audience. So true. Heimerdinger also had like this vision or something. Uh, again, we're not super big on League of Legends lore, so let us know if that was something from the game or something rather like that. We know what that was. I don't think that there's any lore in this game. Well, no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I know that there's a lot of lore with the characters, and I know Heimerdinger is in the game. Yeah. So, uh, but I actually thought it, on the first watch through, I thought that Victor was going to attack Heimerdinger in that scene because he was like, I need this. And that was the first. Ah, uh, 
I could be mistaken, but that might have been the first time that he he spoke back to Heimerdinger. That he spoke back, yes, but he did break Heimerdinger's instructions by <laughs> giving Hextech research back to Jace true, in episode true. two or something. Three, <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Okay, are there any other updates that you want to make to the uh, bad uh, decision Olympics tracker? I don't know that Caitlin. I mean, Caitlin's breaking a lot of laws. I don't know if they're bad oh, decisions yeah, she did right break now. The law. But I don't but know if they're did bad. It in like, the name of justice, <laughs> they have the consequences to them have been good so far. I think. Mm, well, so she. How oh, about well, using Jace's name to get Vi out of prison? Has yeah, not I don't care. Fun. I don't mind if Jace. Goes, <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind if and it doesn't. Nothing bad happened to him yet because Marcus was like, "I noticed that you signed off on a thing," and Jace is like, "Yeah, you don't need to worry about it." He covered for his girl, so like, I don't know. That's true. I mean, you could argue that Marcus's child being threatened is Caitlin's fault for breaking Vi out of prison. But Okay, but it had to happen. Vi <laughs> needed to break out of prison. Uh, 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 uh. It's, it's his fault for putting her there in the first place. Yeah, so, yeah. we can trace the, <laughs> the bad decisions all the way back. I'm going to say Caitlin is not on this list this week, but I know that everyone in this show likes to make a bad decision, so I expect her to make an appearance at some point. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. Yeah. All right, so to recap our bad decision Olympics for this week, we have gold tier. Or actually, let's start at the bottom. We have honorary mentions, Silco and Mel. I, you uh, love putting Mel on there because she's you think she's a villain. She's the <laughs> best villain. Okay. <laughs> okay, bronze tier. We have Vi. We have Marcus. We have Jinx. And we have Heimerdinger. Great work. Silver medal. We have Victor. Bad, making uh, some bad moves. Uh-oh, not looking good. And then uh, our winner for this week, gold medal, Jace. Just like... <laughs> Stop being so dumb. <laughs> Turning into a little bit of a tyrant and just making bad decisions. Yeah. Don't be a dum dum. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> well, is that a crime? It is for me. Don't be dumb. <laughs> it is for her. But you know, Aaron, I gotta ask you though. Even though all this stuff happens and Jace is kind of annoying, do you still love it? I do. It's a good show. The animation's beautiful. I don't care about watching cartoons kiss, but it's still a good animation style. I still love it. I still love it. Excited to watch the last three episodes with you. That is, Carmen, if you still love it. Oh, you know I do. Uh, the, <laughs> the like, storytelling is so good. The characters are so well-written. There's so many moments that are just so powerful and emotionally poignant. Love it, and I, I'm excited to see what happens next. Yay! Friends, that's going to bring us to the end of our episode today. Thank you so much for going on this ride with us. Be sure to subscribe. Wherever you get your podcast, leave us a review. Let us know what you thought. Let us know what your Bad Decision Olympics tracker is. Thank you all so much for watching. Welcome to the club. And remember, it's dangerous to watch TV alone. <laughs>